You're listening to EPN, the ePodcast Network. Now, 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 from two different studios separated by over a thousand miles and direct to you via digital podcast download, this is the VoiceOver Cafe. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the VoiceOver Cafe, VO News served up piping hot. My name's Terry Daniel from Minneapolis, and uh, sitting beside me is Trish Bassani. Trish, what do you know? I know a lot of things you don't know. <sighs> do we have to go through? Do we have to have this battle every time we do this? <laughs> well, you asked. The smartest person in the room argument. Come on. All right. You know, it's weird. I, I uh, what the? Trish, you're not going to believe this. What? Tom Deere is in my lava lamp. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I can't hear you. What, how the hell did Tom Deere get inside my lava lamp? I, I, I don't know. You have to explain a little bit. Well, he's, he's like sitting on one of the bubbles, like smoking something. <laughs> I'm a, he, he doesn't look like he's stressed out. Well, I guess I, we'll just uh, I guess I, we'll just let him float around in there until it's time for uh, Totally True Tales. Hopefully. Yeah, that's just crazy. You know, it's it's kind of funny because you, uh, you know, when you work like 12 hours a day sitting in here recording, uh, you start to see stuff. Oh, yeah. And he, he, he really does look like he's in there. Oh, my. Yeah, I think I'm the only one that doesn't have a lava lamp in my own studio. It's kind of a, it has kind of a, it's, it's like a tired cliche now at this point because it, uh, it was like, like back in the, in the late eighties, it seems like in studios, they had to have those, like, uh, those stoplights mm-hmm. that you used to get at Spencer's and it would mm-hmm. blink the, uh, the red, green, and yellow. You had to have one of those, oh, no. <laughs> like a tra- it was like a little like plug-in traffic light. Yeah. I don't know if you remember those, but they I were really, those. really, really cheesy. I'm it's, not it's, that much younger than you. It seemed like everybody had to have one of those in their studios, too, or some some type of a, a, a mirror ball. But Yeah. Uh, waiter. Oh, yeah, we haven't ordered our drinks yet. Hello, my dear. How are you today? Doing well, Bish. Thanks. That's good. What can I get you? I'll have a raspberry mocha. No problem. <sighs> and you... Yeah, can I get a tall, half-skinny, half-1% extra hot split quad shot, two shots of decaf, two shots regular latte with whip? So that's a Bieber special with a sucker. (laughs) Oh, fire up your laptop. We've got Wi-Fi now. Oh, cool. Well, when I say we've got Wi-Fi, I mean the bar next door has, but it's all the same. I'm pretty sure that's stealing. Don't knock it, sunshine. (laughs) Okay. I'll be back in a minute. So, Trish, uh... Did you did you see the Academy Awards? Yeah, I did. I kind of watched it in a roundabout way. I went on eWebs and uh, with Dan Leonard and George Widom, they were broadcasting that day. They weren't having an actual eWebs full show, but they both had their cams on and I was in a Google Hangout with them and a bunch of other guys, which is so much fun. And they both, uh, Dan, Dan had a tux on and, uh, and he had the, uh, the show on and so did George on his enormous television. Oh, that (laughs) is, that is incredible. That, yeah, that was probably more entertaining than the Oscar presentation itself. Yeah, it really was, actually. Because, you know, I, I'm not a huge... Uh, well, first of all, I don't have... I know it's kind of sort of ironic that I do commercials for a living, but I don't have a television. 
<laughs> so, um, I, I, well, I have one, but I don't have cable. So I only watch movies and stuff on my TV. So, uh, it was kind of neat to be able to watch TV through, you know, streaming oh, video yeah. on that a been, hangout. Yeah. That, that would have been kind of a fun, uh, a fun thing to do, but of course the uh, I went to my my sister's house where we had a big family tournament, and of course I finished in the gutter. You know, Mister oh, Mov- no. Mister Movie Geek finishing in last place, which made no sense. What, uh, what do you mean by a, tur- a tournament? Like a like you voted on the fi- on the winners and stuff? Yeah, or? we just did. We all we all did our our Oscar picks, and we had to all put mm-hmm. like ten bucks in the pool. Oh wow! And uh, cool. you know, I came away in last place. It always seems like, you know, it's like, you know, my brother-in-law who knows nothing about movies, of course, walks away with a pile of cash. (laughs) And that's always uh, the way it works. So another nice dragged out Oscar show. As a matter of fact, I think I think it's still going right now. Have they announced Best Picture yet? (laughs) I don't know. But, you know, Seth MacFarlane was awesome. I, I love him. I absolutely love him. He was great, and I read a lot of like controversial reviews, and people didn't think he was getting it done. It's like you know what? I thought I thought he was really funny. I mean, I it 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 worked for me. It uh, he's it, it's amazing. He's kind of got that Peter Brady slash Donny Osmond look to him. Yeah, I never thought about that, Donny Osmond. That's that's true. Now that you say that, definitely. He did. Um, but, uh, I, you know, it would be awesome if we could get him on the show. I've actually emailed him a couple times. He, I'm sure he, I never hear back from him. But you know, I'm sure it would have to go through his agent, and we would have to pay him an enormous amount of money to come on the show. But I, I figured it was worth a shot. Well, haven't our the guests that we've had before? Haven't they been paid for their appearance? Oh yeah, I forgot. I told him that we'd do it. No. Speaking of guests, we've got a great one coming up uh, in just a little bit later on. We've got the voice of the Aflac Duck. Yes, very excited. Daniel McKegg, who's a, a friend of mine, a local talent here who uh, who auditioned. You know, he was one of, I don't know what it was, like uh, thousands 13, and thousands. Yeah, 13,000 yeah. people that auditioned for it. So, And we've got a good lesson to learn in that interview as well, people. So if you're new at voiceovers, uh, there's some pretty good auditioning advice to be had in that interview as well so stay tuned for that you know terry speaking of movies our friend melissa exelberth is in the the new upcoming uh uh movie that's called oz oh right yeah the return to oz or whatever it's called it's kind of the prequel it actually looks really good it's uh directed by sam raimi and um it looks pretty good and and our friend melissa exelberth x you're in it i'm so excited oh my god that is that that is incredible what what is she who is she playing in the film i i think i don't know for sure but i think she's a munchkin (laughs) oh my god that is really awesome i know she's at least one of like the the little like village not village people but village people you know (laughs) (laughs) well that movie's next the village people the movie But yeah, so I'm so excited for her. That's like it's such a cool thing. That is so awesome. Congratulations to uh, to to Mel on that, and I'll give her congratulations in person when I see her sometime this year. Right? Um, no, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So you know, I was talking to my friend Tom Deere, um, who also does the Totally True Tales, and uh, he had a very interesting session the other day in New York City. Uh, he had to go into an actual session into a studio outside of his own, yeah. and um, don't you love Terry when when clients they do like a line read for every single line in like a narration? Oh no. That's, this is what Tom had, and he talked to me about it, and it was just like, you, you kind of, there are some sessions where you just can't say anything. You have to just, you know, bite the bullet, listen, smile, 
and wait for them to do their line read. Because a lot of times the ones I've found, the ones that do that are usually the copywriters. Um, if the copywriter is in the session, they will like to, they, they know how they envision it, how they wrote it. And they, I think they just like to hear themselves out loud and, and hear their own script out loud. So they tend to over direct the talent yeah. a little bit, but you know, and it's something that we don't really like when people do it. It's a little insulting, but you know, it's, it's part of the business and sometimes you just have to sit and take it. Well, I had a similar experience years and years ago. One of my first offsite studio uh, gigs through a talent agent, obviously. And uh, Trish, it was three words. It was the name of three lawyers. <laughs> and there was a group of, I swear to God, there were, it, it, looked, like, it looked like a choir outside of the recording room. You know, oh, it was no. all these guys in black suits um, giving me direction and kind of doing the same thing. They would say the line and they, they would say it how, you know, how I should say it. And then I would say it exactly the way they wanted me to say it. And, you know, they would, they, they kept telling me that it was incorrect. And then they would read it the same exact way again. And then I would repeat them. And apparently it still wasn't right. And this went on and on. For, I swear to God, it was like a two hour session. And the three, three words, words were th- the names of three lawyers, a, uh, a Minnesota powerhouse <laughs> law firm. Oh and it was the craziest session. So sometimes when you think it's going to be easy and you have a script, you show up and the script has about, what, you know, six or seven words. That doesn't mean it's going to be a quick session. That's true. Yeah, that I was, was in for three hours last week on two 15s and a 30-second. Three, three commercials, a 30-second and two 15s, and I was there for three hours. So yeah, oh. and it and it yeah, it's there are just some clients that just they're they they hear it and then even if you nail it in the first two or three takes, they feel like they need to get their money's worth or because they booked three hours at the session. Oh they yeah, need that to happens. Them all up. That happens. Yeah. Or even after the end of the directed session, when you you know you've got your coat on and you're ready to go home, it's like you know what? Let's let's just call the client in California and make sure this is cool with them. Oh no! Yeah, I and always then, cringe when they get the, when they do and the then all of a sudden, the well, and then it's time to take your coat off and go back into the booth for a couple more redos. <laughs> but uh, it's all part of the fun, you know what? It's better than road construction. So oh hell yes, definitely. You know, I'm, I'm uh, not really complaining. It's just one of those things that you know you have to kind of deal with in the business. But it always makes me us feel like we are working for our money. I think it's always really productive to flare up at the person that's directing you. <laughs> And lose your temper. Bruce Jacobson does that and gets away with it all the time. Does he really? (laughs) Yes. Like, what do you, I've been doing this for 20 years. Well, because, yeah, he used to be a copywriter and an ad agency guy. So, like, if something is, like, five seconds over, he's like, really? What are you thinking? You know? Oh, man. Well, he can can get away with that. I talk to him all the time, and he's just hilarious. You know, I fold. I just, I smile, and I redo the line. I can't, I can't do it. (laughs) All right, Trish, uh, without further ado, let's head over to Rob here and uh, get some uh, legal advice for voice actors. The Legal Minute with Rob Glimpaglia, or something like that. If you're a fan of reality television, you may be disappointed to learn that some of those shows may not be as real as you thought them to be. Yep. Dave Hester of Annie's Storage Wars has brought a lawsuit against Annie, claiming it is rigged. Because he claims Annie scripted some of the show and planted some of the treasures found in the storage units prior to the auctions. 
A&E is firing back in the lawsuit, claiming that Mr. Hester only raised these concerns after his contract negotiations broke down. A particular note to me, though, is that Mr. Hester's lawyers mentioned in their brief that other popular reality shows, like Survivor, were also scripted. And the lawyers are also claiming that this violates federal law prohibiting game show fixes. This law was enacted years ago as a result of some of the scandals that went on in those game shows, where outcomes were predetermined and contestants' wins were set up. It's going to be very interesting to me to see if any light is shed one way or the other on whether reality shows really are real. I'll be keeping an eye on it. Another very interesting question for me concerning this whole issue is if it's determined in a court of law that reality shows are in fact scripted, how will that impact on the union, SAG-AFTRA, who regulates the pay for the contestants, i.e. actors, in these shows? All of these very interesting questions are yet to be determined. This is Rob Sigampeglia with a legal minute. So, hey, Terry, you know, I, I see Tom Deere sitting over there. You think uh, we should have him do the uh, Totally True Tale segment? Yeah, let's let's do that. I'm just going to run to the lavatory real quick, and uh, I'll be back. Lavatory? <laughs> what, are we still in grammar school? And now, Totally True Tales with Tom Deere. You can't make this shit up. Something wrong with your drink, Tom? No, it's just not hot enough. Okay, don't get your knickers in a twist. Give me a second. Bish, could you just heat it up, please? Okay, sure. Thank you. It didn't sit looking at it for 20 bloody minutes. It'd still be hot, wouldn't it? Ah, man, good help really is hard to find around here. Anyway, where was I? Oh, right. So last week I was at the Audio Publishers Association Mixer in New York City, having a great time, and I strike up a conversation with somebody who works for one of the big six. That means one of the top six audio publishing companies in the country. Really nice lady. And she asks me, you know, uh, how I got started. So this is the story. Back in 2006, I decided that I wanted to try audiobooks. So I cobbled together a demo, and then I went to the Audio Publishers Association directory, and I cold-called everybody. I mean, everybody. Well, not everybody. Everybody except for the religious, political, and erotica. I didn't want to go there yet. So I cold-called everybody, got, you know, responses of varying hope. And then some time goes by, and about a year later, I get a phone call from an audio publishing company, Brilliance Audio. And they said, hey, uh, we've got a Danielle Steele audiobook, and you're in the running. How much do you charge? I was like, <laughs> um, I'll get back to you on that. I had no flipping idea what to charge. So a couple days later, I'm at a recording studio uh, lounge uh, in between sessions. And I say out loud, hey, does anybody know how much you charge for audiobooks? And then someone pipes up and says, who is it for? I'm like, brilliance. He's like, oh, charge this. Turns out it's Oliver Wyman, who's like a major audiobook narrator, who's now... You know, I'm lucky to say he's a buddy of mine. Great guy. So I call them back. I say, I'll charge this. They said, okay, great. You're hired. I'm like, what? So they fly me out to Michigan, put me up in a hotel, and I'm there at the Brilliance Audio headquarters narrating a Daniel Steele audiobook. My first one ever. That in itself is pretty cool. But then I found out later on how I got it. So as a result of me doing the cold calling, they basically took my CD demo and did what most of them do, stick it in a shoebox and forget about it. Then they landed the Danielle Steele account, and then the Danielle Steele people said, send us 13 reels of male audiobook narrators. They didn't have enough in their regular stable. They go through the shoebox, find my CD, stick it in there, and then the Danielle Steele people say, we've narrowed it down to two guys, the voice of Ford and this guy being me. So they said, well, how much does the voice of Ford want? They're like, scale plus 10. That means union rates, scale, plus 10% above that rate, so the agent gets his cut. And they're like, well, no, that's ridiculous. And they're like, well, we're not going to hire him. Who else do they want? Well, there's this guy. 
ta-da, yours truly. So I tell this story to the very nice lady at the APA mixer, and after I tell this story, she says, would you like to meet our executive producer? <laughs> um, needless to say, that was a good night. Well, the moral of the story is if you want to do something in this industry, do it. Just go out there and do your best, and you never know what happens. So there we go. Where the hell is Bish with my drink? I don't know. He he he, he just he disappears. He said he'd be back here in like two minutes. Is Bish does he even get paid to work here? I mean, seriously, talk about what he is one lousy employee. He's sweet as pie to me. I always get my drink. I don't know what he's got against you. I don't know. We had a falling out like years and years ago, and it was oh, uh, it was not it. it was not pretty. You know, I've, I'm very honored to have a, a true friend of mine and a, a, just a talented. A talented SOB on the on the show today. <laughs> a lot of fun to be around. He's got a great gig going on. His uh, his name is uh, Dan McKeg, and uh, for those of you listening around the country and the world, that name might not mean a whole lot to you yet, but he does happen to be the voice of a very popular. A creature in a very popular commercial, and uh, so let's welcome Dan McKegg to the broadcast. Trish, can you hit the audience button? Do we even have one of those? Oh, found it. The duck, of course, that I'm talking about is the Aflac duck. Oh, hang on a second, Terry. Looks like Bish is coming over to take Dan's drink order. What'll it be? You know what? I just have a regular black cup of coffee. Is that available here? Uh Uh-huh. Long Americano. Back in a minute. Thanks a lot. So, Dan, you've heard this a million times, but, uh, you know, we'd we'd really love to hear, you know, how the process went down. I know that Aflac, when when they fired What's-His-Ass, they did this big national uh, audition, kind of a competition-type thing. Mm -hmm. Take us through that process, how you found out about it, and what you did to prepare for that audition. Well... it, it's sad, but I didn't prepare for it at all. I, it was kind of a last-minute uh, thing that I just thought, ah, you know what the heck, I'll try it. I, I had, <laughs> as you know, I've been doing some voiceover work and, and worked in the radio business for a long time, and so I've done a lot of stuff, um, you know, mostly locally and regionally. But um, I saw the ad on TV. I heard about it in some interviews. Um, and uh, when I was recording a voiceover for a, a local client here in, in Minneapolis, I said, hey, keep it rolling and let me try this. Uh, this little deal for Aflac, and they said okay. So I, you know, spouted for maybe forty-five seconds. We edited it down to thirty, and I got it emailed to me, and I emailed it off to this website. Uh, and I honestly forgot about it. I didn't think about it. And I think it was two weeks later that I'm laying in bed at nine thirty, and the kids are all in bed, and I get an email that I thought was a prank, but they said that, <laughs> that they'd like to they'd like to see me and do like a uh, a video conference interview with me. So um, you know, and I thought, okay, who's who's playing the joke on me? You know, I'm waiting for somebody to pop out and go, bye. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Were they were they a little alarmed when they found out that you actually really are a duck? <laughs> no. No, they weren't surprised at all. <laughs> Play the part well. No, it was. Uh, I went down to this place in Minneapolis. It was like a, an. It looked like an office building, but they had a lot of real high cost. I'm sure technology that allowed people to do these interviews with this incredibly sophisticated camera and this big conference room, so that 
um, the whole room is like uh, on the screen, and, and I don't know how they did it, but they hooked up this this monitor with the monitor in New York when they were doing the interviews. So I I thought I was going to walk into this room, and there was going to be like 15 other guys um, or gals that were auditioning for this, but I was the only one. So I was the only one in Minneapolis. I knew that for sure. And I did the interview. I made a complete fool of myself. It's online. You could probably see it. Um, but I made a fool of myself for about maybe 25 minutes, and uh, then I went back to my daily grind. <laughs> we'll have to, uh, is it, if that's a YouTube video, we can certainly probably put that on our, our VoiceOver Cafe website, uh, voiceovercafe.org. Yeah, I don't know if it's, I, I know it's on there. I don't know where it is. I don't know if it's on the the Affleck site or, well, I'm, we'll I'm sure it's on an Affleck.com, but it's on one of their, the sites for that search they did. Uh, but I know it's online. I've seen it and somebody emailed it to me, but it, and it may be on YouTube, but uh, I know it's out there somewhere. I've, I've, I only could watch a minute of it before I had to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Trish, we'll have to make a point to try to find that somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, please we'll, we'll do. Post it if we find it. <laughs> Beg pardon, but you're the duck on the telly. That's me. Give us a quack then. Excuse me? Oh, come on, lad. Let's hear a good quacking. Uh, the F like duck doesn't actually quack. Not much of a duck then, are you? What? I said, I hope you don't get hit by a truck. <laughs> wow, that was, that was passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Now, Dan, uh, you said you say it was kind of a, a last-minute thing, but, I mean, before then, before you even knew the opportunity became available uh, just for the heck of it and just, you know, for the fun of it, did you did you try to do impressions of the duck from the Aflac commercial for years or anything? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've got three young kids, and there's a lot of cartoons um, in our household. Uh, I don't get to watch regular TV. It's all, you know, Disney, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network. Um, so whenever cartoons would come on, I would Im- I'd do impersonations of some of the characters. Whenever a, a TV commercial would come on with a funny character like the Affleck Duck, I would do it for my kids. So it got to be, you know... It wasn't like it was said on a daily basis, but uh, my kids were very familiar with that character. Um, so it was it was a lot of fun for them at first. I mean, believe me, I'm sure if you guys have kids, you know that, you know, after a while, um, the coolness of your dad wears off. And it probably, <laughs> probably lasted uh, maybe a week or two. It was cool to have your dad be the Affleck duck. But then after that, it was back to just, he's just my dorky dad. <laughs> well, this is what I'm competing with. My, my son's friend's dad works for Xbox. So he's the coolest dad that has ever walked. Oh, yeah, that's hard yeah. to compete with. So, I know. I can't <laughs> compete with that. He's got every Xbox game ever made. And here I am just doing some stupid voice of a duck, um, even though I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, you know, in my opinion, I think the Aflac Duck should host the Oscars next year. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> I would be happy to. That'd be a lot of pressure for me, but I would do it. I think I would do it. <laughs> do you do you do speaking engagements at all? Like, does that come with the uh, w- winning the 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 big? Because I mean, this was highly publicized. This was mm-hmm. this was a huge nationwide thing. Everybody that was a voice actor was in on this whole thing. Like, everybody was was kind of paying attention to the whole the the, the contests, uh, quote unquote. You know, it was this this huge publicity and public campaign. Um, do you? What else comes with your 
responsibilities of, of winning the role? Well, according to um, the, the contract, it is like a yearly contract that I have. Um, and I have to record a certain amount of times. But, uh, you know, I told them I'd be willing to, to go out and, and do appearances for them. Um, uh, you know, I don't have anything scheduled. It's not part of the deal where I go do engagement, speaking engagements. But I'd be happy to. Uh, I think it's a blast. I, I mean, I've told this story a lot of times, obviously. And one of the things that, uh, you know, I'll never forget about it was they showed me a list when I went to New York. They showed me a list of all of the people that had uh, submitted and there was 13 almost 13,000 of them so you, <laughs> you can imagine I mean put this in perspective you know uh, go to the store and and try and pick out like the perfect apple or the perfect pear uh, or the perfect avocado or something I mean you you have to pick one and there's only maybe 30 or 40 of them there everybody that goes in is probably going to pick a different one there's a bunch you could just throw away right away and I'm sure there was a lot of them that were just done in fun but there was a lot of super talented people that tried out for this so I'm I'm probably the luckiest guy in the world getting this job. So I, I treat it that way. I mean, I, I treat it the way that um, a lot of people would if they got it. It's a blessing. And, 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 and you know me, Terry, I, this is my life. I love doing voiceover. Uh, and for me to be able to make a living doing it, as I'm sure you guys love too, is such a blessing. I mean, not many people can do it, and uh, I have a blast doing it every day. So this this job has allowed me to do the thing that I love the most for a living, and uh, that's why I take it so seriously. So if they wanted me to speak anywhere, anytime, I would be happy to. You know. Well, your your story is inspiring too, Dan, because some people, you know, some people put up the roadblock when they know that there's you know fifteen thousand other people auditioning for the same gig, and I know that you know that tends to discourage a lot of people. People. So mm-hmm. your story is really inspiring because even if everybody on the planet auditioned for the same role, you know, you still have a chance that, that you could get it. Yeah, right. And you know, I've talked to when I went to L.A., I have an agent in L.A. now, and uh, I've talked to a few um, people in the voiceover business. I, my skew right now and focus uh, for voiceover is, is in the characters and animation side of the business. And so I met a few people that are very successful in the business. And, uh, you know, they told me the same thing. Hey, I auditioned for that role. And so did the yeah. guy that does the voice of X, Y, Z. And so that made me feel pretty good about it. But at the same time, they all told me the same thing you know you you can't look at it like that you can't look at it like what are the odds look at the odds are against me what are the odds i'm going to get it you have to look at it like the more times i do it and the more times i don't get the gig the closer i am to getting the gig you know right and uh and it's hard for people to grasp that because you're right especially when you're auditioning out of la or new york i mean you're, you're auditioning uh, uh competing with the the best in the entire world at something um and even when you audition around here or chicago or wherever i mean there's a hundred maybe 150 people sometimes that are auditioning for the same role that are the best of the best you know and if you look at it like that you're going to get discouraged and and you're going to get down on yourself like i'm never going to get this or i'm never going to do this but i mean honestly you have just as good of a chance as anybody else it's it's about the the person who makes the decision the director or the casting director or whatever it, you know they just have to like you and you have to be just 
sound just a little bit better than everybody else. And there's always a chance you can do that. So um, everybody told me the same thing when I asked for advice out in New York and L.A. They said, don't get discouraged because you're not going to get every gig you audition for. There's one person that'll get it. And second place is the same as 100th place. But right. You got to remember that, you know, keep your spirits up and keep fighting because, you know, you'll you'll definitely land a gig one of these days. <laughs> now, how it's off- true because you were you were talking about, uh, you know, being it, a lot of it does come down to personal preference about who is who is casting. Mm-hmm. You know, right. um, you were talking about the, you know, choosing from avocados or pears or whatever. I mean, chances are you give, you know, you, you send somebody into a grocery store and, you know, there's a mound of, of oranges there and, you know, you send. 10 people in to pick their favorite one and they're not all going to pick the same one. No, so that's right. it's, you know, a lot of it is personal preference and a lot of people do have to keep that in mind because even, even the best voice talent in the world, I mean, we, you know, like the, the best guy that we can think of or the best girl that we can think of is still not going to be right for every single job out there. So that's what, that's what lets the rest of us work. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, and thank goodness for that. I mean, honestly, there's people in the voiceover business as you you know that that get a lot of jobs and they do a lot of work because they're good. I mean, they're exceptional talent, and, uh, and there's a lot of people here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, that are exceptional talent that just, you know, they, they just they're not going to move out to New York or not. They're not going to move out to L.A. and And I said the same thing. I I, I love it here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. I don't want to move to L.A. Um, but uh, they said, you know, well, there may be some gigs that you won't be able to audition for because you don't live here. And I said, well, so be it. You know, I love it here and I want to stay here, but I also want to do as much in this business as I possibly can. Um, But you're right. I mean, you you send 10 people into the store, 10 people are going to walk out with 10 different things that they think are perfect, that they think are the the one. And uh, that gives us hope, you know, us regular folk. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. You know, I might walk out with a with a case of Stella and uh, Trish might walk out with some wine. That's right. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The same goes with people, you know, romance and that sort of thing. You know, there's a there's a lid for every pot, I've been told. That is true. (laughs) So thank goodness for that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So how much, uh, Dan, how often did your phone light up uh, during this recent campaign from Aflac about the duck being hurt or something like that. Did people think that you uh, just weren't doing it anymore? How how many text messages were you getting per day? I know that I sent you a Facebook message wondering what the hell was going on. Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting couple weeks. I, you know, I got to hand it to them. The, the agency that does the the marketing and advertising for Aflac, they are they're brilliant. I mean, they come up with these campaigns and these concepts and these ads. I mean, they've they've done this not just for Aflac, but for dozens and dozens of other uh, well-known companies uh, that you've probably seen and heard um, hundreds and hundreds of times. But the latest campaign, I mean, the, the goal of this, I assume, is for people to understand what Aflac can do for them. And by uh, by making it like the the duck is hurt, and can't work, he can't speak, and that's what he does, Uh, who's going to pay for all of his expenses? And that, of course, is Affleck. So it's a brilliant campaign. It scared the crap out of me when it started, but (laughs) it's a brilliant campaign. I mean, I've... uh, I don't know what their plans are for the future, what they're going to have and what the campaign is going to be. But, I mean, every time an ad comes out, I'm just uh, and I usually get to see it a few days before it actually airs. But 
it's uh, it's incredible. I mean, they do such good work, and uh, I, I certainly would never question uh, their professionalism and the way that they handle things. But um, you know, obviously, I'd like for the duck to be speaking in the future. So that's all I ask. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'm sure there was like, oh man, McKeg broke his leg. Yeah. Well, actually, I had people <laughs> send me. Um, get well cards because they thought that I was hurt and that's why the, the, they, they said oh well Dan's hurt so we're going to have to create a campaign so that the duck doesn't speak because our the guy that does the voice for the duck has been hurt and I said no 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 no, that's not the way it works <laughs> I can see where people would, would, would see that I mean I, yeah. I thought it was something kind of like that too so I'm like I was, uh, I was happy to hear that it was just part of the campaign yeah. and acting uh, acting I'm, yeah I'm no an doubt actor now so, I mean, obviously, you know, this is coming, but uh, do you have a, just a few uh, duck lines you can give us? <laughs> well, there's only one. You know that. Actually, funny that you bring that up. Uh, most of the voiceover that I do for the duck isn't, does, isn't say anything about Affleck at all. In fact, it says, um, he says the one word Affleck, of course. Right. Affleck! <laughs> but, but other than that, it's the sound effects that, that the duck makes when he is falling or moving or getting hit or uh, uh, landing on something or running. I mean, I've done um, a sound effects that, I mean, if you walked in and saw what I was doing to the microphone, you'd probably be like, what is going on in here? <laughs> but they say, okay, they, they show the video and they'll say, okay, well, he's going to be running. So I want you to make some duck running sound effects. Well, I mean, there's certainly no manual for that. No. I kind of have to wing it. (laughs) I don't think that's in a voiceover book anywhere. No. Yeah. In case you ever get a voiceover gig running like a duck, this is what you should sound like. It's mostly just, uh, you know, uh, I just wing it, uh, no pun intended. And uh, and then they say, okay, well, let's try it this way and this way. I mean, the director's really good, and he really brings out all these weird sounds that I never thought I could make. And then he says, okay, well, then now I want you to to uh, we we have to do a, a series of Afflacks, of course, but with different different emphasis on different parts because of the situation that the ducks in. So it sounds a lot easier than it is, and I'm not saying that it isn't easy because I have a blast doing it. It's so much fun, and I'm sure you guys feel the same way when you're doing a fun voiceover gig. I mean, it's just a blast to do it. You just have so much fun doing it. And then uh, the finished product is just when it when it, when they show the ad on TV or whatever, it's so much fun to see it because you go, oh, I remember that and I remember that voice and, you know, how they put it all together. It's just amazing. Can you do the duck underwater? <laughs> I just, uh, that one was more like a, um, you know, <laughs> and they kind of—I think they may have like added a little bit of like, blah, 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 you know, sound yeah. effect. All right, yeah. It was—it was a brilliant one. I, that was probably my favorite spot, that boat one. I think that was my favorite one. Yeah, and that one was re- uh, fairly was recent. Yeah, yeah, that I think that was in. Uh, oh, geez, I think it was in um, middle part of 2012 that that one aired. And then there was one that um, that was really good that they did. Um, at the end of the year, I think it was in November, December, right before Christmas, it was the old claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And uh, they used that theme for one of their commercials, and that one was fantastic, too. So they do a great job. 
Well, I always enjoyed watching the duck kind of go across the screen during Minnesota Twins game broadcasts. Oh, yeah. Because if, you, if you're really watching it from a certain angle, the duck was the only thing that ever went to second base. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Last year, I think that was probably true. <laughs> yes, very, yes, very true. So uh, I'm not trying to pick on our poor. Oh no, no, we don't, we don't, we don't need to go down that path. Yeah. <laughs> so Dan, how how often do sessions tend to uh, happen, and how long do they usually run? Uh, I probably record, uh, it, it varies. Sometimes it's uh, every month or two, but sometimes it's, you know, every three or four months. And sometimes I'll record two or three commercials at a time, and sometimes it'll be like six or seven. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and like one of the sessions I had was over three hours long, and it was, uh, you know, um, at, and, and it wasn't as bad because it was a lot of sound effects stuff. But the last one I did was a lot of screaming, and I it was only about an hour and a half. But afterwards, I mean, I could barely talk because I oh, was yeah. I was screaming. And they mm-hmm. they said they needed um, they needed the duck to say "f" like really long and really loud. So it was <laughs> uh, it was really hard on my voice. But of course, I didn't complain, and I'm not complaining now. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So do you, do you follow any, because of that, um, do you follow any kind of health? Uh, like, do you do any exercises, warm-ups, that sort of thing? Uh, I've looked into it, and, and yes, I do. Um, I never did before because I, you know, I mean, the voiceovers I would do before were just, you know, a lot of just speaking and uh, not a lot of character stuff. Um, but, yes, I have definitely looked into it and will definitely be doing something because, you know, I, the last thing I need is for my voice to go away. I mean, my goodness, that would be awful. But uh, I, I try to, um, I try to exercise it as often as I can. I mean, obviously, I talk a lot, so that helps. <laughs> uh-huh. Boy, voice talents don't talk. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, we, we never have anything to say. Yeah, we do have that in commentary, <laughs> <laughs> unless we have a beer in our hands. <laughs> That's right. Right. Well, Dan, I know you've got a busy week, and uh, we, we appreciate you taking time to come on the VoiceOver Cafe, and uh, we'd love to have you back sometime, and we'll be, uh, we'll be looking out for uh, the, the duck to, to get healed real quick, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing you on the next uh, Aflac campaign. And, of course, you and I have to catch up and get together uh, locally here, too, real soon. Absolutely, yes. My, mm-hmm. my triumphant return. I can't wait. Well, I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, admire what you guys do, and uh, congratulations to your success. It's a lot of fun to, to see some local folks doing well in the business because uh, it's, you know, as you are probably aware, uh, most of the, you know, the big stuff happens in, on the coast, and, and people that live here, don't, they don't necessarily want to go out there all that often. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I do. I live in New Jersey. So, oh, uh, do you? Uh, but, yeah, but I don't go to New York very often. I'm actually yeah. in the sticks, and uh, I do most of my work from home also, so I don't really consider myself too much of the, the New York market. I go in once in a while, but it, it uh, doesn't support me. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I, I, I've been out to both. I mean, I love the cities. Don't get me wrong. It's fun, but, you know, I got kids here, and... And it's, it'd be hard to, to pack up and leave. But, um, you know, that's why this business is so much fun, because you can do it from home and you can you can um, record a lot of stuff from your house. And it's just been great. I just love it so much. So right on Thank you so much. We appreciate you, Dan, coming on. Oh, no problem. It was my pleasure. It was good to, to meet you, Trish. And uh, Terry, I will see you soon. Take care. All right. Sounds good. All Thanks, right, Dan. Dan. Yep. Thank you, guys. All right, another good guest, Trish. Uh, Dan, you know, a really easygoing guy, just a, a just a fun guy to hang out with, and and man, talk about uh, talk about 
you know, winning a great gig, right? Wow, I know. And what a story he has, too. And he was so, he's hes really a lot of fun. I was glad we had him on because he, he told the story really well. And, and uh, it's definitely, you know, it's its one for the books. And it's uh, something that, you know, that we should all keep in mind is that you never know when that, that next gig is around, that next big gig is around the corner. Right. And to, you know, to reiterate, you know, who cares if there's like 3,000 people auditioning for the same gig uh, that you are? Obviously, you know, Dan thought he, didn't have a chance, you know, didn't even have a chance mm-hmm. and he got it. So don't let it, you know, don't let that be discouraging that there's, you know, a, a multitude of other talents auditioning for the same project uh, that you are. Never let that hold you back. Yeah, it's got to be somebody. Somebody's got to win it. For sure. Oh, by the way, before I forget, mm-hmm. uh, our buddy John Florian over there at VoiceOver Extra uh, kind enough to sponsor the voiceover cafe. So this episode is officially brought to you by voiceover extra, the ultimate resource for all your voiceover needs. There's some great articles on there. There's some awesome blogs. Uh, there's links to webinars, pretty much everything you want to know about voiceovers. I mean, I like to think that voiceover cafe is a good resource for that, but I mean, talk about some awesome articles and blogs over at uh, voiceoverextra.com. So make sure you visit that website as well, Trish. Yeah, and that's, yeah, voiceover X-T-R-A without the E. Although I think if you type in the E, it'll go there too. Yep, it absolutely will. So, uh, yeah, but thank you, John Florian. So, uh, and he's he's got a... He's got a pretty big project that he's working on, so we can't wait to be announcing that. So, um, oh, oh, and by the way, I did find that um, video for Dan about how he actually, like, the actual moment that he found out he got the gig. Uh, he's on the phone with Aflac and uh, the CEO and, and whatnot and, um, and and the ad agency guy. Uh, it's a really cool video. He's actually oh, sitting there awesome. in a suit. Yeah, and so it's on the website. I already posted it on the website, so if you want to see that video, it's there's a link to it right under Dan's picture awesome. uh, on the, the who's, no, sorry, the what section of our uh, website, voiceovercafe.org. Which, by the way, in case you didn't know, it got a nice little makeover. So, uh, you know, make We're sure that you yeah, it. share it on Twitter, Google+, Facebook. We appreciate uh, all of you helping us to, to promote this show as well. And that, of course, would be voiceovercafe.org. Yay! It looks awesome, too. And we've gotten some great feedback on it. But if you have your own, feel free to contact Terry or I, either through our Twitter page or our emails or whatever. Just, uh, you know, get in touch with us. And and now we do have the um, the links to all of those social media uh, pages on voiceovercafe.org. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, and, and we've, you know, for quite some time now, we've actually been doing a contest. We haven't quite gotten as many submissions as we'd like to pull from uh, and to do a contest. So please, I know that everybody records digitally these days, but um, we, you know, when you're able, when you mess up, you just wind up deleting it and it's gone. But if you do remember, if you have an extra funny mess up, F up, um, please send us uh, those. If it's something that makes you laugh or it was just a funny piece of copy uh, or just something happens that's funny during the session and you get it on tape, so to speak, um, please send it to us. Send us the clip and we're doing a contest of who is the funniest 
up. So um, we are taking, we have a Dropbox, but you can either, you can email MP3s, please. No waves needed. Right. Um, they're too big, but just yeah. email us no more than 60 seconds um, and send those to us. And we are giving away Dan Friedman's book, um, Sound for VO. Awesome. So I'm very excited to be able to do that because I, I actually won it at Fafcon and I already own it. It's a great book. So if you want a great resource uh, for Dan Friedman uh, and his book, uh, it's it's basically layman's terms for technological geeky stuff uh, that you need to know for your home studio setup. So we're giving away the book. Uh, send us your uh, fuck up submissions and we will <laughs> <laughs> and we will uh, we will get those in a pool and and start and we'll play uh, you know we'll play a few of them they're the finalists and then we'll announce the winner soon so I send them in I don't think I've ever done a job where I didn't fuck up Can <laughs> I, I know send... me neither but it's got to be funny Terry. I know it's got to be funny not just somebody ranting at the end of a, of a screw up mm-hmm. and we know by the way we can kind of tell when they're when they're faked so (laughs) don't try to fake it please and send that in because chances are we're going to see right through it yeah no doubt about it cool well we'll look forward to that and uh we will look forward to uh doing another episode very soon as well yeah i don't even know who we haven't gotten our next guest slated yet so um but we we got a couple people in the pipeline so we'll uh well you'll find out next episode or, or actually keep an eye on the website we'll announce it as soon as we get them confirmed You've been listening to the VoiceOver Cafe, VO News, served up piping hot. See ya! That's a wrap on another episode of the VoiceOver Cafe. This is Sean Caldwell. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out other riveting episodes at voiceovercafe.org. This is the ePodcast Network.